Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. And Scott McConnell. Hey, hey, hey. Is back. I like that. Hey, hey, hey. That's Fat Albert's line. <laughs> I don't think you can take that one. Do you Hola. Fat Albert? Yes. I don't, do you no, I, I, I don't, but Scott is neither Fat nor Albert, so. <laughs> neither one, but it was a show. <laughs> okay. Black and, black and white show? Was uh, it? Was it? It was, an, or was it, it was, color? it was a, um, it was a cartoon. Okay. And it was on PBS, I think. Mm. Was it on PBS? It might've been. I don't know. Anyway, it was pretty good. Uh, that's not what we're here today to talk about though. Yes. We are here to talk about research. You know what? We have had Scott on so many times, just like when we do the book breakdown, we need to have research music. We do need to have research music, although... I think it would sound like your Spurgeon Daily and uh, it might. Morning and Evening podcast. It might. Right, like <laughs> classical music. Do you have theme music, Scott? Uh, not handy, no. A little adding <laughs> machine in the background. We will come up with some special music. Are we going to play it this episode? So is it now playing? I don't know. It's not now playing. Okay. Because I have no idea what that's going to do. I'm going to find some. Yeah, Ed's, Ed Stetzer's theme music would be uh, 80s rock. We can all we can all weigh in on that with his mullet because I just imagine Ed without a beard and with a mullet. <laughs> Ed Stetcher knowledge, but we all do have great. He certainly has the most. Scott has the most. No, and for for those of you who are t- tuning into one of the research episodes for the first time, Scott is the executive director of Lifeway Research, and the reason we reference here before Ed, yes, and he's here after. And even when Ed had that title, Scott was still doing the work. So. <laughs> We would say that if Ed was sitting here. Oh, of hey, course. you know what? Everything we would say about Ed behind his back, we would say to his face. Which brings up 100%. another thing. 100%. I feel like I need to get something off my chest with Scott. What? In 2006 or seven. Whoa. When wow. I was at McLean Bible Church, Scott brought me in to talk about uh, the research for his book. Multiple, the multi-site. multi-site. Oh, no yeah. way. It's truth. And then huh. in the book. He spelled my name wrong. My one chance. Yours too. My one chance. Was it Atkins? At, it was the it Atkins was with diet. A T. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, my one I, chance. It was I, stardom, I, fame. I spelled my boss's name wrong in there too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> Do you correct it on great. a reprint? I don't know as there was a reprint. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least on the digital version. Yes. Yes. Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so fun. All right. What are we here to talk about today, Daniel? We are here to talk about church growth, reproduction, multiplication, how do you know your church is growing, and all that. And it's all rooted in research. This is not based on chin- conjecture or conjecture. <laughs> ch- conjecture. <laughs> A choo-choo conjecture, yeah. <laughs> uh, it is real. This is this is legit research done with a thousand pastors, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. This is, this is not no, this our is gonna opinion be no. or based on an email. Or something we found in a jar. Yeah. And if you're in the U.S., all you got to do is text the word research to 888 the word research, and you'll get a link to download this as well. If you're not in the U.S., then just go to our show notes and you'll find a link. All right. So the first question is, how do you know your church is growing? So aside from the research, because we are going to dig into that, and it's fascinating to see what was discovered, just... In general, how do you know your church is growing? What are all the ways that pastors measure this? 
I think you're seeing a lot of new faces. And, and you know, I think in a church when you're, as a member or as a, as a church leader, you're bumping into people you don't know who they are. Yeah. You're okay. kind of like, oh, all right, this is good. So more people. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that'd be the most important. <laughs> all right. Next question. <laughs> we, just, we just lost like everybody. No, but They're Scott like, said it very wow. intelligently. All right. I'm okay. No, but more people. But yes. Regardless of, uh, Scott, before we started the recording, you had said, um, you know, regardless of all the different ways that we are trying to measure a health of a church or growth of a church, you can't get beyond just, are there more people? Yeah. I mean, people will dog having, you know, measuring nickels and noses, but yeah. it impacts strategy mm. and, and it impacts the, the, the tone of, you know, when, when your staff sits down or if you're the only staff member at the church, when you sit down with yourself you know, whether you're happy or sad often yeah. is, is, is based on what's going on with nickels, noses, you know, basic stuff in the church that, that has to do with the trajectory you're headed in. Yeah. And if you haven't articulated what it means to hit the vision or be successful as a church, everyone is going to assume it's nickels and noses. Yeah. Those will be the only metrics. Yeah. Especially if you don't articulate. Yeah. Right. But even if you were to articulate, uh, even if you were to articulate, those are important metrics. I don't think they're the only metrics, but they are important metrics to take note of. I would also say, so it's, it's um, understanding, okay, when you measure nickels and noses, even that you have to go further with. And, and what I mean by that is measure new nickels and noses. Yeah. And the nickels and noses that have been around for a while, are you keeping those or are you just churning people? That's right. That's good. So it may be that I'm seeing new faces and people I don't know. Why are we staying the same? Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, I think you're all counting wrong because I'm seeing new people left and right. Uh, yes, but there's people that you're not seeing that you there, used to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I like how you, uh, how you, how you dug a little bit deeper on that. Right. I think another thing to look at and to compare is the growth rate of your city or of your town or of your area that you're living in. Well, that's so true. Right. So think about it. If you are living in an area where your growth rate in the city or in the area is minus 20% year over year, and you are net zeroing your growth, Year over year. Congrats. Yes, that's actually yeah, a really good thing. Yeah. It's really good. Versus if you are in an area that's rapidly growing 35% a year and you're only growing by 5%, that's not a good thing. No. Yeah. And the same is true of turnover within a community. So yeah. if you're in a community that has 25% turnover mm. every year, it's a military town, it's a college town, yes, it's, that's a, right. it's just an, a hip urban area. There's a lot of turnover. So if, if you're just holding your own and staying steady, that's actually a huge accomplishment because uh, it means you are actually reaching new people, introducing yourselves to new people uh, just to hold your own. Yeah. And gentrifying too. If your if your area is gentrifying, just seeing who is a part of your congregation and who lives in the area and are people now all driving into your church or are you reaching the community? So there's so many different nuances to that. But once again, the nickels and noses are something that you should definitely measure. You should definitely measure. Okay. So question two, Scott. You recently did a study, LifeWay Research recently did a study with Exponential to measure how many churches are reproducing or multiplying. Okay. Uh, but before we get into that research and what you discovered in that research, what's the difference between what we just talked about, like church growth, 
What's the difference between that and these terms that are being thrown around a lot, reproduction and multiplication? Is there a difference? Yeah, the, the biggest difference is reproduction and multiplication is, is really an investment and activity outside of your church. You're, you're actually working to open new churches okay. outside of your church. Versus growth being your existing within, within congregation growing. Yeah. Okay. And ideally, we'd love to see both happening. You yeah, know, right. you, you, you reaching more people at your at your place of worship, but also you investing in uh, new outposts for the gospel in other other places. Okay, okay. So in that uh, exponential, and and we've, I mean, we're friends with exponential, and and yeah. we've been. I mean, I was a part of naming and defining the definitions around the the five levels. We had several meetings all around that. So the five levels that we're about to talk about, I mean, we've referenced them in this, you know, all the stuff that we've done with newchurches.com as well. Right. Um, but what are those five levels though? I mean, cause that, that's kind of, there, there's a link in here, right? Cause they had come up with the five levels and what was this research about? Was it to. So this was a, a chance to nationally actually measure okay. how many churches uh, w- would, would fit into each of the levels. Okay. Okay. And, and so let's start with reproducing and multiplying. Okay. Uh, number and four, number five of, of the five. Um, cause that, that's kind of the destination. That's where we want to see more churches in that, in that zone. Okay. And, and, for, to be a reproducing church, it means that that you've you are directly involved in helping open a new autonomous church in the last year. In the last year, yeah. Okay, so pretty high threshold there. Yeah, that is that, that this isn't once every five, once every ten years. Which, you, you, if every church multiplied once every five years, that would be incredible. It would. It would. <laughs> okay, but being a level four, that means you've multiplied once in the in last the last year. year. Okay. And and another criteria attached to that is you had to be involved financially. So you're either the primary okay. sponsor or at least ongoing financial okay. support of so that. So you got some skin in the game. Yes. Yeah, yes. rather than just saying, I helped train someone right. by preaching one time yeah, in we, that cohort. We, we had a couple <laughs> leftover speakers from a sound system. And uh, put, could you put our name on there? Yeah. 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 <laughs> NASCAR. Yeah. Okay, so were there any other criteria around being level four? So, so that's level four. You're okay. you're you're actually involved in reproduction, and seven percent of Protestant churches would fit that definition. So that means ninety three percent of churches did not help a church open their doors this last year. But what about level five though? There's actually none. Oh, there's none. Okay, so, so literally ninety three percent. So so zero. So zero percent. Zero percent. So we don't say do, uh, zilch, but zero yeah, percent. Okay, oh, okay yeah. Qualify as as level five, and level five. You've got to meet the level four criteria, but okay. you also have to be raising up church planters, helping prepare them, okay, uh, sending them out, and. Uh, and financially supporting them. So okay. a, a lot more involvement in the raising up of the people who do church planting. And that's okay. that's an ongoing piece of work that, okay. that there's a handful of churches across the country that are are, are doing that. And it's pretty amazing to see But not one those in a thousand. Okay, so, okay, here's a question that I have though, because in my mind, I can, you know, I'm, I'm envisioning what I would think a level five church would be. Right. Even on Instagram, you know, I saw uh, Summit Church, right? J.D. Greer. Yeah. They have, they are intentionally raising up planters every year. They send out planters. I think there are over a thousand churches they've now sent out and they do it every year and they put money in and all that stuff. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're level five, but help me navigate that? Is it just that they didn't do the survey or? Yeah, right. There there were only a thousand out of almost 300,000. 
Protestant churches. Okay. So okay. the random sample grabbed a thousand of them. There wasn't one of those in the sample, but we we obviously know that there are are some churches that fit the criteria. So we're not saying it is zero zero, but it's zero percent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense then. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. No, I I I mean we all would say, oh yeah, but wait, I know of this church or I've heard about that church. And that is true. I mean, you know, but the the point is. It is not. Yeah, it's not measurable. Yes, it's not com. It's not common enough. Maybe when you get out, um, when you got to three hundred thousand churches or ten thousand churches, hundred thousand churches. Yeah, it does become measurable. But until that point, yeah. And if you're willing to sponsor that research, then you can write the check too. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a big check. That'd be a really big check. <laughs> okay. That so so is that why you clarified zero percent rather yeah. than none? Yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So what is what is what is it? What do ninety three percent of the churches in America look like then? Like what? I mean, you know, there's a there's the a there's a few of them that are involved in church planting, but more from a distance. Like again, they're not okay. not doing ongoing financial support, or maybe it, like you mentioned, it, it's a ten year commitment rather than uh, every year they're helping a church open, um, and, and so. Uh, you know, stepping up to the point where you're helping a church open every year, yeah. knowing that they need support probably for three to five yeah. years, you know, means that you have to have three to five things going at once. Wow. Okay. So are you saying then that a church that scored as a level four because they planted, it was a three-year cycle for them to plant, and it was just this last year that they planted, that next year even though they're training, but they haven't yet planted the next guy that they would not come up as they a They wouldn't qualify forward? next year okay. if they didn't, if one didn't open. So that's open. huge. That's a lot of intentionality well, I mean, then. Yeah, I get that. I mean, yes, but that's the difference between reproducing and multiplying. Or reproducing and growing. You know, th there's a right? lot of churches, when you look at their history, they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, this church helped us start. Mm. And you go back and look at that church, and that might have been the only church they ever helped start. Okay, yeah. Now, in your city, there's probably a church or two that started a bunch of churches. Yeah. But but if you if you tr trace it back, right. there's a lot of churches where they got it done once. Yes. Maybe twice in their history. Yeah. And and maybe your church, as you're listening, you go, you know, yeah, I, I, I've heard the stories of our church did that a few years back. Mm. Uh, you know, but to say we're going to be that externally focused, that we're going to be helping open an outpost for the gospel in a new place— and not just once, but do it again yeah. and again. It's wow. the again that gets you into the zone of reproducing and multiplying. Yes. Is oh, the let's do yes. it again. Okay. That this is part of who we are. Yeah. Okay. So what about multi-site? Um, if, if a church started a new campus this last year, would they have categorized or ranked as That four? actually helps uh, on, on the growing uh, oh, on the okay. adding oh so level. that would that'd be that wouldn't be a four no four okay so that's very specifically delineated as a new separate yeah, church autonomous plant. autonomous so so okay. there are about three percent of churches opened a new campus in the last year so that so there are there okay. are campuses opening and, yeah. and and new things going on at, at churches we didn't ask about new new services but that's another thing that a church yeah. can add but that would be uh, a growing that'd yeah. be three yeah. yeah okay fascinating this is awesome that we have real research around this. I uh, know. <laughs> like, this is incredible. It's incredible, yet sobering. Yes, it is sobering. It is. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to go for question three? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What did you discover in the research, you know, referencing 
the levels uh, and the percentage of each one. Let's let's figure out what that is. Yeah, because you had already said seven percent for four and zero percent for five. What about what are the other three levels? And so the other that? three, we actually let everybody qualify for. So even the seven percent that are level four, we also tag them with a one, two, or three. Oh, okay. And and the one, two, and three are subtracting, plateauing, or or adding. Okay. And, and so you'd expect most of those reproducing churches to be adding. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and, and when we, uh, immediately what probably comes to mind when you hear subtracting and adding is, is attendance. And that is, is the biggest piece of, of, of calculating whether a church is, is subtracting or, or, or adding or plateaued. Um, but we also want to look a little more holistically than that. So we're also looking at the change in offerings at the church. So, so the money coming in. Uh, like look, whether it's increasing or declining. Exactly. Okay. Also looking at staffing. Uh, are they adding new staff okay. or declining in the number of staff at the church? Uh, if uh, the number of new commitments at the church uh, okay. to, to Jesus Christ. Um, and also, as you just mentioned, whether they've opened any new sites uh, as a multi-site church. And, uh, and even, even in this definition, there's also, uh, are, are they supporting church planting financially? Okay. So, so why were those... Uh, criteria or characteristics around whether or not a church was growing? Because some committee, uh, <laughs> like you, <laughs> the, <laughs> you, you already told the story. You, yeah. Uh, so Exponential has been talking to a lot of people yeah, okay. uh, through the years asking, what, well, what's different okay, about a, a subtracting church, an adding church? Mm -hmm. and, and some of what they've captured that we weren't measuring here as a quantitative survey, some of what they've captured is is really the psyche yeah. Uh, of a subtracting church. And it's right. really hard to get out of that mindset of just surviving. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, so they've done some great thinking and, and, and great conversations about that because you've, you've got to get out of that mindset to even get to the, the point of being plateaued as a yeah. church and, and actually starting to add. Um, and, and you get, you can get really program driven in the, in the middle there. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so it, it's, it's important to be, to be thinking through those things. Uh, you know, but this research really, really said, what can we measure? Yeah. So there are some things that are really are kind of attitudinal. They're kind of, uh, they, they kind of come along with, with where your church is actually at. So let's, what can we actually measure of where your church is at? And so that's where we get into, yes, nickels and noses, um, but also, you know, staffing levels and, yeah. uh, and just seeing what, what the activity of the church is there. Hmm. So then uh, what, what were the percentages then for level one, two, and three? So 35% are subtracting, 35% are plateaued, so that's 70, and then 30% are actually adding or growing. Okay, okay. Hmm. Man. <laughs> so what does that mean for us? <laughs> prayer. Yeah, prayer. I mean, like, like where, is, where is the growth coming from? Where is that coming from for churches? You know, most of it's not coming from new commitments to Christ. And so, you know, you know, first you just grab an average church; they're going to be in that seventy percent that that that's either plateaued or declining. Okay. Um, you know, but then it's like, well, where, where's the growth among those churches? But even the adding churches, wh where are you getting people? And yes, some of it's coming from from new commitments to Christ, but a lot of it is not. It, and and shifting or is it tr yeah transfer? Growth? It, there's there's some shifting going on. I mean, we see that. Uh, Smaller churches are much less likely to be adding. So that means the larger churches, 250 plus, that are at, oh, more likely to be adding means yeah. that they're getting a lot of those people from the from, smaller churches. Oh, okay. So there's kind of this slow shift 
happening in American churches from smaller churches, those under 50 yeah, okay. to those 250 plus. And, you know, obviously, you know, when a, when a big church opens a campus or moves in or starts exploding near you uh, as a small church, you know, you grumble. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. it's hard not to, it's hard to be on the side of that church yeah. uh, when, when you're feeling some of the impact. Yeah, I mean, recently on the New Churches Q&A podcast, a uh, question that came in, one one that I addressed recently with Ed was on the fact, or it was a church planner basically saying, and he wanted to be anonymous, but he was, he basically said, hey, we're going, we're, you know, just getting going and, and we're, it's a good thing. But this massive church, this massive mega church is about to plant a campus in my neighborhood, like a stone's thrown away. What do I do? <laughs> Right, and it's a real yeah, question. It is, yeah. So, and 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 the existing churches probably said the same thing about the church planter starting something new, even <laughs> though they're small. It's a small scale, yes, but they're still right. going. That is true. Oh, there's a new yes. church. Why do we need a new church within within fifty blocks of where we are? Fifty uh, blocks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in New York, Those that's are my <laughs> yeah. Wow. Tree. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's that's really sobering. I mean, you could probably hear it in Todd's and my voice. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to walk through this research and and try to pull out. Okay, Hope. is this a generational thing? <laughs> like, is what's what's some data in here that you know gives me a yeah. positive sign? So, so give us a broader picture than around um, new commitments to Christ. Then, what we discovered: the majority, fifty-four percent of pastors say that fewer than ten people indicated a new commitment to Christ in in the last year, and 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 that includes eight percent who said none. Hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, so the majority of churches, you know, ten people. That you know, when we think about, oh, why don't you start some new groups? Yeah. You know, are those new groups for non-believers? The average church? No, we don't even have enough people to start a small group of new <laughs> believers. Um, yeah. So, okay. you know, we're talking about celebrating when the twos and fours, yeah. you know, are coming to Christ. Yeah. And and we need to celebrate that. And we need to understand that this is not easy, mm. that, that this takes an investment and a constant focus of the church today. And I think as churches, we get focused on a lot of other things. Um, in, in trying to keep the people we have and meet the needs of the people we have. You know, wow. w- one of the reasons why larger churches likely are are reaching less people uh, is you, you get a couple hundred people, that's a couple hundred people with needs Yeah, that you've got to be serving, you've got to be making hospital visits, you've got to be encouraging your congregation to, to, to make those meals and be there for them at those life events. And, and so as your church begins to do that and show the love of Christ to each other, that means some attention is turned from reaching new people who are yeah. not in your church. Wow. But, but what the research shows is that there is a, there is a issue with a lack of evangelism. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, as, as you would think, as as we have larger churches where you start to get a second staff member, or third staff member, that we could, you know, that that almost frees us up to put more attention on outreach. Uh, but but we actually see that it, churches two fifty plus are are less likely uh, to have ten or more conversions in their church than a church under fifty mm-hmm. per one hundred really? per one hundred people. So so wow. kind of taking the size out, number of conversions oh. per one hundred people. So the smaller church. 
Yeah. Is a little bit better at the conversion piece. Yeah. Really? Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Now, was this any, was it just, was it just size? Did we know age of church, church plants, all that stuff or? We, we did not look at age on, okay. on, on that particular thing. Okay. Yeah. Because we do know that church plants, new churches are evangelistically more effective. Yeah. Especially the first three years. Yes. But yeah. then as you, you know, they start to tail off after that. Mm-hmm. And again, it's because we now have 50, 100 people to serve. Yeah. And and, it, and it's really hard to say, you know, are, are we really walking the walk of, yes, you're investing in me as a disciple, but you've also taught me how to make disciples. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Did you, uh, were, were there any differences between evangelical and mainline churches with all this? Um. We saw some differences throughout the survey, but ironically, not when it comes to conversions. Really? Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. See you guys later. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Todd, you want to bring us home with the last question then? Okay. I guess so. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask, really. And once again, just text the, text the word research to 888-111 if you're in the US or go to our show notes to download this research. So what did you discover about the state of the church from the research decline, growing, plateauing? Yeah. So kind of within those numbers, but within those levels, some of the some of the questions that we asked to, to get there, uh, we, we see that 28% of churches are actually declining in their attendance. And, and that means they've declined at least 6% over three years. So kind of 2% mm. a year, okay. 28% are in a decline trajectory. Huh. 39%, so about four out of 10 churches are in a growth trajectory. Okay, that's okay. good, that's better. So kind of that 2% right. a year, six, so I, I'm leaving the compounding out if, you, yeah, okay. if, if you're into that. Uh, yes, I love, I'm I leaving think it the out. the majority of our listeners have no idea what that means. <laughs> so 6% <laughs> over three years, 6% yeah. over three years, 39%. Now granted, this is pastors over the phone, they could mm. be a little optimistic on that. But even with the optimism there, it's only (laughs) four out of 10. So only four out of 10 are growing, growing, growing. Wow. In in attendance. Um, Now income, it's a little easier. Uh, We've seen probably the best economic numbers we've ever seen uh, in in the years that LifeWay Research has been tracking it. Uh, So, you know, economically, Churches are in a great spot. Only 15% say their their 2018 offerings were below 2017. Okay. Which I, I didn't think we'd ever get to a number like that. I, I, I thought it would always be at least one out of five churches really? declining. So hmm. only 15% saw a decline in offerings. Uh, 30% were, were in the middle and 48% actually saw growth and and 6% not sure. But, you know, almost half of churches seeing seeing their offerings grow. So even if their attendance wasn't quite there f- for 10% of those, they're, they're seeing offering growth. That seems to be a, more of a reflection of the economy than it does. Yeah, is that, Very is much that so. just this last calendar year that they're growing? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so that's that, that's something we've been tracking over time. And, and again, we we didn't think the numbers would ever get that that good. Um, but uh, you know, one of the things we do see is is when your church is is declining in attendance. Oftentimes, people dig a little deeper and give a little more. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and it tends to be the faithful members you've got left. And, and so so income does lag a little bit on some of the other uh, factors that are that are happening within the church. Okay. 
Okay. Now, when it came to new commitments to Christ, you had compared smaller churches to larger churches. What about when it comes to uh, church attendance growth? Was there a difference between smaller churches and and larger churches in that? Yes, uh, less than a, less than a quarter of churches, twenty three percent, with an average worship attendance of fewer than fifty, say they're growing. That number, twenty three percent. More than doubles if you have more than 250 people in your church, 59% are growing. So, okay. the, so the majority of larger churches are adding people, are, are adding in attendance. Um, and the majority of smaller churches under 50 or ha- or a quarter? Only a quarter. Yeah. Only a quarter of churches under 50 are growing. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So, well, so yeah. that's just some of that shifting from small churches to larger churches. Okay. Do, do you have any data on denominations or... Um, or evangelical versus mainline when it came to growth? Yeah, we have we have to look at denomination at the category level just because okay. denominations get so f- uh, small so fast. Uh, but but the holiness category that includes Nazarenes and Wesleyans and, and, and those denominations, uh, th- they're more likely to see growth, 56%. Wow. Um, say, say that uh, their church is growing. 45% of Baptist churches are, are also up there in terms of growth. Uh, whereas we see Methodists and Lutherans, uh, Methodists are at a third are growing and a quarter of Lutheran churches are growing. Okay. Was there a number around charismatics or is that? Uh, they weren't significantly different. So they're kind of in the middle on, oh, okay. on that, okay. Pentecostals. Okay. You know. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. This is, like this is super insightful. This is really helpful. <laughs> wow. I mean, what do you all think? Like, what are the next steps? Like, how can a church use this? Or what do you think a church should do with this data other than a mere, huh? All right, let's go back to normal. <laughs> I think uh, instead of a mirror, they need to look in the mirror. Hmm. Like that? Um, <laughs> uh, yes, old man joke. Thank you very much. The big thing is, I would say, going back to you know how we started out, like use this as a sobering moment to do both a, um, a a gut check and a real check on the state of your own church. Mm-hmm. How many new people do you have? How many new people came in earlier? You know, how many new people came through the door in the last year that are still around? And how many of your old people are still around? Um, how many people are serving? I mean, you know, there's a bunch of different ways that you can measure some of these things. So it's important to kind of get a benchmark now. You don't have to look at it every week, but at least look at it once a year. Uh, and then if you you know find something from that data, diagnose it and develop a plan and deploy that plan. Um, and, you know, realize you're not alone. You know, there's a lot of other churches that are plateaued. A lot of other churches are subtracting. Hmm. And to say, you know, what can we do, even though we're doing a lot of things just to survive, just to keep things going? Are there some things that we can start to to create some room in our budget to, and in our, and the way we use our time to start to invest in things outside of our church? Yeah. So can we get involved in church planting, mm. even though it might be a really small dollar amount to begin with? Can we start saying we're going to be investing in reproducing? Because if we're going to die, let's at least give birth to something else <laughs> on the way. Yeah, I like that. Um, or if if you know if, if if we're going to be struggling just to get past this and that and the other thing that that's just holding us back, can can we at least be helping free up some others um, and and at least 
at least sharing the gospel in our community. Um, and, and so putting more focus and, and creating some margin mm. uh, for, for those things outside. Yeah, that's helpful. That's helpful. I love what D.L. Moody said. He said, I like the way that I do evangelism better than the way that you don't. Right. So I think it's just, hey, what are you doing? Right. It doesn't have to be this specific program. This are, I mean, there are so many different ways, but are you doing evangelism? Yep. Right. Is there or is it just this? And is it on the outskirts? Is it just this little small group or this little thing that someone else is? It's their, you know, it's their pet you know, it's their pet project or is it really, is it coming up from pre the preaching from the pulpit around the church, around the programming? So, okay. You know, one of the things I'm wondering is we've talked about mainline denominations and, and different, and I don't want to offend anyone, but I'm trying to process here. So, you know, most people know that Lifeway is connected to the Southern Baptist convention the only reason why there is a Southern Baptist Convention is because of missions, because of uh, Baptist churches pooling, you know, together to, to fund missions and to fund church planting and to fund, you know, things as a collective group. So there's some people maybe listening and going, I do plant churches. Mm. I do plant churches. Every week I give money to plant churches. Um, how does somebody, how does somebody who is is thinking about that like how if they're they, if they're giving is the denomination yes. funding and how do they and yeah. and then they say well and they're not planting any churches here they're planting them all in cities and I'm in the middle of you know red dirt Georgia yeah and that's that's an important investment that a church can be making in the church planting process but even there if if you're giving through a denomination. I, I would look for more for personal ways to be a part of that. So so meeting a church planter your church can be praying for um, and and looking for ways, you know, can we be sending volunteers to help a church plant? So that way it becomes a personal connection that the, the church is more aware you're doing that external thing than just your treasurer knowing you're doing that thing. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that personal involvement, that more direct involvement. Right. And you see that with, you know, the effectiveness around long term missions. So you're supporting missionaries and, and 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 a lot of churches who are a part of denominations, they'll give and know that that's that they're a part of that. But how do you how do you change the culture of your church from an inward to an outward focus? Sometimes it requires more than just giving. Right. In addition to giving, having that personal connection as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again for listening in. We hope that was helpful. Be sure to text the word research to 888-111 if you're in the U.S. to download this research and all the all the other research that we've talked about when Scott's been on the podcast. Or if you're outside of the U.S., just go to the show notes for today and you will find a link to download it all. All right. We'll catch you guys next time.